it's a big stress on a lot of people, but yet I thank you right now, God, that we can call upon you and you are our provider, just like we sang about, just like we sang about, I keep asking and you keep providing. You are a good God. Can we just say this to them? You are a good father. Come on, let's do it again. You're a good father. We love you and we trust you. Be glorified in this entire service in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Oh, I got a couple like testimony stories in my mind right now. I wish I had time to share, but I'll share them another time. Over the weekend, heard some really cool things God's doing in people's lives. It's probably the, my favorite. It is my favorite part of pastoring is I get to, just get to hear God's stories all the time of what the Lord's doing. Ask somebody their favorite color. I got to take a drink. Dark teal is mine, if you're wondering. The studio, the wall, everybody, Will, they, they tease me about it at this point. Well, what color should it be? I don't know. Dark teal. All right. The mission of Jesus was really clear. Before we start the sermon, I want to just quickly share uh, a theme for the year. As I was praying the last few weeks of um, December, uh, and of course is inspired by Nancy's passing, is this theme. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. In Luke 19.10, it says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Say this with me, seek and save. We must be sharing our stories. And anytime you hear a compelling story of God's grace and God's saving power, be sharing it. Why? Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. I was praying for what the new year would bring, and the Lord kept bringing to me Nancy's memory. And if some of you don't realize or just visiting today, my sister uh, passed away from a brain tumor at the age of 41 uh, just a couple weeks ago. And she led multiple people to the Lord. We, uh, we have not been able to keep up with the number of people telling us, Nancy led me to the Lord. People at the store, neighbors, people just anywhere. She would welcome them, befriend them, often make them a meal, some chocolate chip cookies. Those cookies were anointed, apparently, because every time her name comes up, it's chocolate chip cookies and Jesus. But um, <laughs> listen, everyone, this is what she believed, and this is what we're going to believe. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. Say this with me. Everyone deserves to hear the gospel. So would you just, by raise of hands, who will embrace that mission for the year? Guys, I'm believing for something wild. I'm believing for 75 salvations. Say, Pastor Jordan, that's a lot. I don't even know. I don't know if God can handle that. Jesus rose from the dead, y'all. Okay? But Jesus said, now, yes, he can save all of Trumbull County, 203,000 people. We know that. But God's word says to be specific with our prayers, to come boldly before the throne. And I am believing for 75 people to be saved in this year. And I know he can do it. Think about it. If 225 people in Kinsman, if roughly 75 people in Warren all say, you know what, I am going to take this mission personally. I know somebody at work or a neighbor that God can put on my heart that may not know Jesus, and I can tell them what Jesus did on the cross for them. If every single one of you did that, just at least give me a nod. Just say, I'll at least pray about it, right? If, we, if every single person did that, guys, we could... We'd have to go to two services. We'd be ready to plant another campus. God would be transforming Trumbull. Amen? 
So questions for God. We're in the sermon series, and, um, you know, God sovereignly had us write down this sermon series back in August for, for the month of January. How do I know God's will? Where was God when I was suffering? Where was God when I was in pain? What happens when I die? That's going to be the fourth week. I'm going to segue that into our end time study on Wednesday nights. And uh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to wrestle with some of these hard questions. Just curious, has anybody ever had a hard question for God? Anybody ever just come to God and you're like, all right, Lord, this is a doozy. I don't even know if you're ready for this one, right? Well, the disciples, the Pharisees had a lot of questions for God. And I want to give you three points today, uh, like a good pastor. And I want to tell you this. Here's what I wrote down. God's will and purposes are revealed in his word and through intentional time with him. Three things, three ways to know God's will. God's will, actually, let's just all say this together. God's will and purposes are revealed in his word. All right, let's say it one more time. God's will and purposes are revealed in his word. All right, just raise the hands. How many of you have a Bible? You know, you know right where it is at your house. How many of you got it in your hands? You, you like the sound of the pages? Can everybody, if you, if you got the, just flip the pages. I love this sound. It's like the most peaceful. Come on, that's perfect, Pastor Ed. How many of you are just lame millennials? You're just going to scroll. Just give me that silent scroll. Go ahead. Just, just can't hear anything. But... How many say, you know what, it's in my heart. I got the whole thing memorized. Paul, I see you. All right. God's word, guys, there is nothing like God's word. There's mathematical equations built into God's word. It's unbelievable. There's, you, can, you can read God's word over and over and over and never get tired of knowing God because there's layers to it. There's layers to it. I was telling our life group last night, there's so many times when I've been reading and I thought, oh my goodness, that person was in the room and their sister was just healed. So they heard this when Jesus said this. I mean, it's amazing. God's word is unbelievable and it is the primary way that you know God's will. In fact, let me just ask, has anybody ever like me just wondered like, I wonder what God's will is for my life. I don't want to screw this up. <laughs> anybody else? Right? Just five of you? That's great. How about, anybody else just raise your hand? Come on. If you, yeah, thank you. Right? I know it's just a sympathy race at this point. You're like, all right, keep moving. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've done that. I've said, God, I don't, I don't want to mess this up. And sometimes, especially as a pastor, I get asked questions like this. Like, Pastor Jordan, I don't know if this is God's will. You know, is this job God's will or is that job God's will? And there's been multiple times I've told people just, you know, the, the obvious, pray about it. Pray about it. Read the word, but also know that God's not playing this crazy, tricky chess game with you. Like if you just want to please him, you're in his will. And we're going to read that, okay? So God's word, a couple things about God's word. It tells a story about Jesus, the whole Bible, right? Front, front to, you know, cover to cover, it tells a story about Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see Jesus in Genesis when God says, let us make man in our image, God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Judges 6, we see him appear to Gideon, right? First, it's an angel, and then it says the Lord. In Joseph's story, we see Joseph as a type of being Jesus, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. He's betrayed by his brothers, sent to, to certain death. He stays faithful in the midst of trial and test. 
He rises to supreme power, forgives all his brothers who betrayed him, and then gives him home and a land. It's literally the story of Jesus. Over and over and over in the Old Testament, you will see the story of Jesus. Now, the reason I try to include that often here, because it's important for your doctrine. It's important that you know, it's not like God was a mean God. And then in the, in the New Testament, God's like, oh, now I'm nice. It's not bad cop, good cop, right? It's the same God. Everybody say it with me, same God. And the whole of scripture is communicating to you who Jesus is. And the fiery furnace, right? Three people, and then there's a fourth one. The king says, one like the son of man. Wow. So again, God's purposes and will is revealed in his word. So what does his word say? Opening with your Bibles and uh, Romans 12. This is not going to be on the screen, but I just want to read this. We're going to read a lot of scripture today, which seems appropriate in a sermon on scripture. Romans 12. If you got it, holler, got it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his perfect, good, and pleasing will. I've used that verse a hundred times when people have said, how do I know God's will? I said, well, let's turn to Romans 12, right? Present your life as holy unto God. Let God change your mind. Everybody touch your temple, right? Here's half the battle. Let him change the way you think, transforming your mind so that you would know God's perfect and pleasing will. Let's go to verse three. For by grace... By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Okay, so this is God's will, all right? He's going to go through a list. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment, right? In other words, humble yourself. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, for each is given with many members. These members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each of us belongs to the other. Let me pause for a second. Each of you belong. Look around, look around at the body of Christ. Just so we look around for a minute. Do you know you belong to one another? This is why it matters when you're missed. This is why it matters if you, if you say, well, I don't need a life group or I'm just gonna come every now and then, a couple months or whatever. I wanna encourage you this year. Let's make a commitment to really be committed to one another. I don't know about you, but I need you, right? It'd be weird for me to say you need me, but I'm gonna say that we need each other. We really do. Guys, I, saw, I found the, the beauty of the body of Christ and, and, the, and the family of God more powerful and precious than ever in the last six weeks, right? I, I can't know what you're going through if I'm not around you. I can't pray for you if I don't know, right? And we, you can know when we're committed to coming together to Sabbath, but also to groups or different things like that. Look at this. If it's, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then encourage. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, lead diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And guys, there's like, here's a perfect example. Someone came up to me today and said, hey, I've got two boxes. Uh, now, this is a problem when I say this spontaneously. Everybody's going to claim it. <laughs> two boxes of fresh beef. I know, all of you are like, Pastor, I am struggling right now. Um, no. But it's, you know what he said? He said, just give this to whoever needs it. 
That's the gift of compassion. Isn't that cool? The gift of mercy, which is so beautiful. So cool. Yeah, so Nolan's, Nolan claims it, apparently, right there. He says, that's mine. He says, I'll take some steak. Come on, somebody. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Guys, the word of God is not complicated. Again, we do this, we're like, oh, man, God's will, it's so complicated. What is God's will? Like, if I, look at, if I look at Revelation 12 and the woman in the sky and the stars, like, that's God's will. Okay, yeah, that's God's will. But what's also God's will is that you like good and you hate bad. Right? Like, seriously, love must be sincere, hate evil, cling to what's good. Cling to what's good. And do you know, look, it's saying it's actually righteous to hate evil. It's actually righteous to not like it when lies are being told to kids. Right? Right. Okay, so that's righteous of you to speak up. It's righteous of you. All right. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor with the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share what you have. We had our life group last night. I'm too spontaneous today, but I walk up to one of the kids. I won't point out the person. I'm just going to say somebody because all of them are here. And I walked up to their child, and, you know, it definitely wasn't my child that was saying mine. It was theirs demanding the toy. I just want my kids are perfect. Anybody else have perfect kids? <laughs> Pastor's kids in particular, just saying. They're anointed. They're perfect. <laughs> I was terrible. I used to tie people's shoes together under the pew. It was great. My dad was like, Poof. anyway, I walked up and uh, they were fighting and I said, no, we got to share. Why don't you take a turn and then, and then he will take a turn. And the little boy is two years old. He goes, oh yeah, that's what my mama said. <laughs> and he goes, I was like, you got a good mama. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. This is God's will. Look how simple this is. This is God's will. When someone has a victory, you celebrate with them. In fact, that's, to me, that's one of the quickest ways you can see someone's maturity is how they experience someone else's victory. God explains what his will is, his desire for your life. In this chapter, he desires that you hang out with people that don't look and sound and think just like you. That's what it said. Honor those who are different than you, who are in a different social class than you. That's what he's saying. Don't think of yourself as more importantly than them. Just love them and give them the respect and the love that you want. So here's what I'm trying to say in this first point. The joy you want in life is found in knowing God. Look at what King David said. It's quoted by uh, the apostles in Acts, Acts 2, 28, you have made known to me the path of life. Again, what is the will of life? What is the will of God? You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness in your presence. There's something about reading scripture out loud today. Can we all read this out loud? Acts 2, 28, let's read it out loud. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Think about that. Think about that. Knowing God, that is what is going to bring you the joy that you have been looking for. Knowing God through his word, but it takes you positioning yourself in front of God's word. Let me illustrate this for you. Uh, Will did such a great job last week. By the way, put your hands together for Will. 
It was awesome. It was phenomenal, and we honor you. It's amazing. At the end of the sermon, he had everybody go around and do that musical chairs form of uh, scripture, and we're going to, like, prophesy a scripture. How many of you here? How many of you here with forced fun? Anybody? All right. And all the introverts, how many of you were like, uh-huh. right, so check out how cool this is. The person I just happened to walk up to is one of our trustees, Todd. He gives me the very verse I wrote down in my journal at my prayer retreat last first week of January, the same verse on the first day of January of 2023. He's like, I don't know if this is right, but God has made you, you know, sons and daughters and given you a spirit of adoption. I'm like, my word for the year was adoption. That was my verse for the year. I'm like, dude, can you believe this? And he's like, wow, that's amazing. I was like, what? I can't believe that. That's the one I, that's the one I came across. How many of you were encouraged last week by the word of God? Right? <laughs> Somebody told me that. Someone came up to him and said, the heart is deceitful above all things. I'm like, oh, sorry that happened to you, buddy. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't you. If that was you, feel convicted. All right. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right, number two. Not the first part. That actually happened. All right, God's will is that you find joy. (laughs) Ministry stories are so funny. All right, God's will is that you find joy in surrendering to him. I'm going to keep that point up there because I want you to hear this. A lot of people try to find joy. I mean, let's just be real. How many of you would say, I have a desire to be happy in life? I mean, if you don't want to be depressed, just raise your hand. Okay, I'm trying to make this real, right? So here's what happens, though. We twist God's word to make it say what we want it to say. Let me give you a verse. How many of you have ever heard this? God will give you the desires of your heart. How many of you ever heard that? I got news for you, right? Your heart can be messed up sometimes. (laughs) I mean, we we just said that verse, didn't we? Heart's deceitful above all things, Jeremiah says. You know what the verse actually says? Again, this is why we have to study the word. The verse actually says in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But what we take is God will give you the desires of your heart. And so then we, we, misperceive, we perceive God as some genie in a bottle when no, God is not a genie in a bottle. Right? This is not Aladdin. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is not Aladdin. This is the sovereign God who knows what's best for you. And there are certain things you might be wanting that he knows isn't best for you. Has anybody ever had kids? My kids want candy all the time. My kid was eating a sucker today at 6 in the morning. Right? I know. Parent fail. Hashtag parent fail. Listen, sometimes there's things you want that God knows isn't good for you. Somebody elbow your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you because he's not talking to me. <laughs> right? No, but seriously, let's read the verse. Look, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light, your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's a powerful verse. But if you just take the snippet that you want, which is kind of today's culture, right? The sound bite. I'm just going to take the sound bite that I agree with and run with it. Don't do that. Read the whole thing. Right? So what does it say? Everybody say this with me. Delight yourself in the Lord. Come on, say it again. Delight yourself in the Lord. Guys, listen. If I delight myself in the Lord, now his desires become my desires. 
My heart is changed. My thinking changes. My speech changes. Everything changes. And now I'm actually walking in joy and happiness that he designed for me to have. But when I just say God's going to give me the desires of my heart, I'm asking for frustration. Think about it. I'm just coming to God and just say, God's just going to give me whatever I want. No, there are, there's, God has a will for your life, and he wants to teach you his ways. He wants to teach you to delight in knowing him. You see that? Delight in knowing him. A lot of times we mix up the blessing with the blesser. We want, God, I'm praying for these blessings. Jesus is like, let me be the blessing. Let my fellowship, let my friendship be what gives you joy. Amen? John 15, 7 through 10. I love this. Some of you, if you've been here for any number of years, you know I love John 14 through 15 is just unbelievable scripture. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Everybody say it with me, abide. I don't know about you, but I want to abide in his love. You know? Do you know his perfect love removes all fear? Nod with me if you've had a fear that gave you a little stress in the last month. I know, some of y'all buying Christmas presents, right? Or KFC for that matter. $17 for 10 strips. I was like, come on, lady. It's a joke. Was, sorry, I need to not be so spontaneous. But I actually argued with the girl. And then I realized she's 16 and has nothing to do. She's not controlling the prices. But when you're trying to pay for things, it can stress you out. Anybody? Is it just that side? Anybody over here facing inflation? <laughs> okay. Those things can start stressing you out. But can I, can I give you some, this is the word, abide in his love. You say, what does that have to do with my bills? A lot. If you're abiding and the stress comes and you've got X amount in your bank and you've got this coming, you can freak out. You can feel your blood pressure rise. How many has ever been there? I've been there. Anybody? Right. But when you're abiding, come on, you can rest your shoulders. You can take a deep breath. Why? The Father loves you. He's going to take care of you. I'm preaching better than your amen and y'all need to say Amen. I'll just turn around and preach to myself. Jordan, let me tell you something. Okay. Jesus wants his father glorified. That's his will. Jack Hayford was teaching one time about the, Trin the Trinity, the triune God, amazing songwriter and theologian of like 50 or 60 years. And he said, if you picture this triangle, the father is always pointing to the son saying, look at the Son, because the Son reveals the Father. It's a perfect image of the invisible God, Colossians 3, right? Jesus is always saying, he's pointing to the Father. Jesus is always saying, I don't do anything I don't see my Father doing. I don't say anything I don't hear my Father saying. Even when he raises Lazarus, he says out loud, I say this out loud so that you understand I'm going to raise him from the dead because the Father's asking me to do that. <laughs> it's crazy. And he, everything Jesus does is to glorify the Father, and the Spirit is always glorifying Jesus. So you have this perfect unity, this perfect community, if you will, of the Godhead. They're in relationship one to another, serving one another. It's beautiful. It's amazing. So what is his will? That we abide in Jesus so that we can know the Father. 
We abide in him so that we can know who he is. And I want to say this again. Some of you are missing joy in your life, and you can't figure it out. Seriously, in the last month or two, you're like, man, it's not, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed, I'm stressed out. Can I tell you what the solution is? Abide in Jesus. Open your word. Because you're looking to the other things. You're looking to things in the world to give you what only Jesus can give you. Can I say it again? You might be looking to the world, that promotion at work, or maybe some frustrating coworker that you, you know, maybe can't convince to do something. You're, listen, why don't you put all your focus on knowing Jesus? Say, Pastor Jordan, it can't be that simple. It actually is. That's why Jesus said, unless you come like one of these children, you're not gonna get it. You gotta come with a childlike, simple faith. How do we know what God has commanded? We can know by reading his word. Let's look at another word. Let's look at another scripture. 2 John 1, 6. This is love that we walk in according to commands. We're talking about how to walk, how to live, not in a metaphorical sense, how to walk out our lives. This is a commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. To love the commands of God. Do you know you can get to a point like David where you actually love his commands? You can get to a point where you actually love his discipline. Do you know that? You can get to a point where God corrects you and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. I needed that correction. Anybody? Has, has any of you ever been arguing with somebody maybe at work or your spouse and the Holy Spirit's like, why don't you just stop talking? Thank you. Just me and Nolan and John, apparently. Right. And you know what I do in those moments now? Now I'm like, thank you, Holy Spirit. I needed that. Because I appreciate, I delight in his discipline. You say, that's weird. No, discipline is teaching. Discipline's a good thing. Discipline is not punishment. Discipline, the root word is teaching. Disciples teach. And Jesus is teaching you the more you know him, the more you set aside time in his word. And guys, there are verses, there are so many times when I read a verse and then I need that verse later in the day. There's so many times when I've read a verse and then later in the day, I need that verse for someone else. It's amazing. Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So often we worry about all these things. What is it? What is this? My, is this God's will for my life? Is this God's will for my life? Is this God's will? What God's will is, is that you seek God being a righteous person. We're gonna let Nancy preach at the end of this. This is uh, my sister, and this has to do with the word of God, and it was just aptly timed that this was the sermon we were talking about today. And her sermon, the first sermon she ever preached, Damien begged her, I think she, he said for like 10 years to preach, and she finally preached, and this is a clip of it. I'd like you to let Nancy preach the word. You know what the thing is? It's the... What astounds me now that I'm older is the faithfulness and the consistency of it. Even when I was rebellious, he never changed. And you know what? God is like that. He is a good father. When you talk to him, he loves to hear your voice. And he has really good things to say about you. He made you. He has good plans for you. He created you on purpose. And for a purpose, I say that's one thing I pray over my kids every night. He created you on purpose and for a purpose. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
then you are adopted as his son or, do- son or daughter. And guess what? That is legally binding. I used to be really afraid of um, him being upset with me and deciding like, hey, we need to part ways. But my fate is sealed. It is not, that is the whole message of the gospel. It is not dependent upon you. It is the finished work of the cross. He will not let you go. Even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself, and he is not a man that he will lie. He is not mad at you. I am naturally hard on myself. Who, who thinks that God is mad at you? That was me. He likes you. I don't know why that wrecks me more than he loves me. He, he loves you, and it's not the human type of love that you're used to that is dependent upon your behavior. He is love. Uh, you are chosen and you are forgiven. And how do I know all this? I know it because it is written down for me right here. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then we have to get our words into agreement with what the word says. And for some of you, that actually might prove difficult. For some of us, that's going to be hard because you know what? You actually don't read it and you don't know what it says. You have to take time with it. You got to meditate on it. You got to wrestle with it. You got to study it. You got to let it sink so deep down that you actually start to believe what it says. His word is his number one way that he speaks to us. Jesus is the word made flesh. He didn't write this book for you for it to sit on the shelf. There is a reason why it is banned in other countries because it has the power to set people free. People were literally burned at the stake so that you get to hold it in your hand. In your phone, you could have about 50 different versions, right? It is 66 books written by 40 different authors, written over a period of thousands of years, and yet it tells one story. You want to see a miracle? You're holding it in your lap. It is a gift for you, and it is a weapon in your hand, and it teaches you who God is and who you are in him. This is what my kids say to me all the time. Well, God doesn't talk to me. So I always say, well, when's the last time you read your Bible? Because that's the number one way that he talks to you. And so he's helped me to, to wrestle through these questions. And so even when I believe something about the Lord and I'm not seeing it here, I can have faith and I can have confidence that he's good. When Jesus walked the earth, he said that the kingdom is here, and yet we don't see it in full operation. That's why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because guess what? God's will is not always done here on the earth, right? It will be eventually, but it's, it's not yet. And so when hard time comes, this is what I know, that he grieves, he grieves with us when we grieve, He loves us. Even when I don't understand, I know that he is good, and it's called faith. She was preaching fire, (laughs) right? I've seen that clip seven or eight, nine, ten times now, and I still get inspired by her life. God's will is sometimes unknown, right? And so think about this. 
especially in times of pain or grief, God is still good. Amen? God is still good. How do we know God's good? Because God sent his son to die for you. So even when you don't understand, even when God doesn't answer your prayer for whatever it is right now, and it could be next month, it couldn't be right now, maybe in February, maybe something comes up and you're just like so frustrated at God not answering your prayer and you feel like maybe God's forgotten about you, maybe, maybe God doesn't love me, God answers their prayer, but now, no, let all of those lies be combated with this truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you so that you could have everlasting life, so that you could spend eternity with him. Amen? You see, a lot of times, I need you to hear this, because a lot of times Christians, and maybe this is the first time in a while that you're in church, or maybe you're tuning in online, Christians will give up on their faith because they, they perceive God's will differently than it is. Because they, again, they perceive their will, they confuse, they conflate their will with God's will. Can I say that again? They give up on faith because they perceive their will as God's will. Right? But even Jesus was submitted to the Father's will. You say, yeah, but Jesus is God. Yes, Jesus is God, but there's three in one. And Jesus had to submit to the Father's will. Jesus went through suffering and pain. Jesus did not like being mistreated, being judged poorly having friends and disciples leave him and betray him, going into the wilderness for 40 days and fasting. He didn't like that. I don't like fasting. I can't fast for 40 minutes. Like I really think I would perish, by the way. I just wouldn't make it. Right? Like he didn't like suffering. But you want, you want a verse to really mess with your theology? I've had really strong Christians not like me when I say this. But I open the Bible... The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Because I've had Christians say, no, it's always God's will to heal. Right when you ask, no, it's actually not. I think God does heal and always wants to heal. I believe that with 100% of me. And I'm going to pray for you to be healed. And I have seen hundreds of healings. Don't misunderstand me. I've seen hundreds of healings. But I talked to somebody last night who she was at rock bottom, she was an alcoholic, and she wrecked her car. And her car was scrunched this tight. She showed me pictures. And she said, if I hadn't hit rock bottom, I wouldn't know God. She said, if I wouldn't have gotten that wreck, and in that wreck, she didn't even know she was pregnant. The EMT guy said, ma'am, do you know you're pregnant? And she's thinking, I'm gonna die. Now this baby's going to die. And she gave her life to Christ in the hospital room. God cares more about your soul. Yes, he cares about your elbow. Yes, he cares about migraines. Yes, he cares about pain. Yes, he cares about things. But there are some times, and again, if it's okay if you don't like this theology, but I'm just telling you, it's in the Bible. Read Job. <laughs> there are times when God allows something. And we don't understand it. Has anybody ever been there? Okay, right? If you've been in faith long enough, you know. And that, like she said, is called faith. When we say, God, I trust that you're good, 
even though I don't understand. At the limit of my understanding comes faith. That's when faith really is faith. Because guess what? I don't get it anymore. I don't understand anymore. I don't understand why God would allow Brittany to get in that accident. But she's telling me now with this big smile on her face, she's like, my life's been forever changed. Everything I wanted in life, I found in Jesus. And I was a mess, a mess. But God saved her. And in God's grace, God saved her. And God wants to save anyone who would call upon his name. Amen? And again, even though I don't understand any of this with Nancy, and yes, it makes me sad, it makes me grieve, it makes me mad. You know what I know? God is ministering to thousands of people. Some of her videos that me and Damien posted, 20 plus thousand views. And people are messaging Damien nonstop. I didn't read my Bible every day till I saw this video. Her impact in 41 years is remarkable. Let's let it keep impacting us. Amen? Romans 8, I'm going to close with this scripture, says this. We know, Romans 8, 28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Do you know what it doesn't say? God works all good things. <laughs> How many has ever accidentally believed that? God works all good things. He works all things. All things. Right? Jerry Jones having a stroke this last week. There was a neurosurgeon 10 feet away from him, just happened to be there, and got to get in on the surgery because the stroke had affected his brain. It had gone up over his brain. God sovereign, in my opinion, God sovereignly put that guy there. That's how I feel about things like that. I can't understand why he had that happen, but I do know that God works all things out. What if there's a nurse ministering there who doesn't believe God in a God? Yet here's Jerry, Lori, Tara, and all of them talking about the goodness of Jesus. And what if that day she woke up saying, is there a God? You see what I'm saying? Come on, say this with me. God works all things. Stand, stand up to your feet. I want to read this together. Let's all read this together. Romans 8, 28, all together. We know, say that with conviction. Say, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Get that in your spirit. Come on, let's say it again. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. How many love God in here? You love God. I love God. So what, here's what we know. Even when we don't feel joy or we don't feel victory from an answered prayer, but we feel the opposite. We feel grief or we feel frustration. We know the truth. You see, your feelings will lie to you. Right? Your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will say, you know, you don't really have a good job. Your boss is a jerk, you know. And, and maybe what the truth is, like, praise. maybe he's a great person. I've got to know him yet, right? Maybe the truth, God gave you that amazing job to provide for you. Maybe there's friends and people there that you're supposed to lead to Christ. But your feelings, come on, put your hand on your heart. Your feelings might be lying to you. 
This is what sanctification is. We take our feelings and we submit them to truth. Come on, that's sanctification. That's maturing as a believer. It's saying, I know that in all things, God is working for my good and his glory. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So here's what I want to challenge you with today. This whole sermon, I know I read a lot of scripture. This whole sermon is about the word of God. If you want to know God, you got to open his word every day. And I want to tell you what I used to tell the teens when I was a youth pastor here. It's the same advice. You need a time and a place. My time and my place is at my dining table before all the kids wake up. Right? It's right when Danielle goes off uh, to work to the hospital about 6.30. Now, sometimes Lucas likes to wake up with me, and he pulls my ears while I read, and I can't read. It's, it's really funny. But right there, 6.30, that's my time. You need a time and a place. I'm going to say a third time because I really want it to get to the point where it annoys you so that you remember it. In fact, why don't you turn, your, turn to your neighbor and say, you need a time and a place. Now, in case they weren't listening, tell the other neighbor. Come on, let's be real, right? Okay, can I, can I be very real with y'all? Here's what you do. If you say, I hope I read the Bible more. That's like saying, I hope I lose weight in 2023. <laughs> I got news for you. Ain't going to happen, right? You can be like, I hope while I watch Netflix that I, no. Let me tell you something. You need a plan, a time, and a place. Almost anything you want to succeed in your life as a system, okay? If you say, I'm going to, if I want this, I'm going to change my decisions. I'm going to change my actions. So what I want to encourage you today, and this is not going to be a time. Uh, we're not going to have to come to the altar. I'm going to have you open your iPhone or a tablet of paper, get a piece of paper, all right, or a pen in front of you. Yeah, seriously, right now, just open up your, open up your phone. I want you to think for a minute. Where is the time in the place? When is it? I know, some of you got to think for a minute. You're like, well, wait a minute, let me think. You know, I work a night shift, all right, so actually I get home at 4 in the morning, so maybe it's after you sleep, maybe it's later. When I was a teenager, it was at night, but in my adulting years, it's in the morning. Right now, think about where and when. Sorry, I'm such a practical person. I know. It's easier to just put on a Bethel song and we can all feel it. <laughs> but then tomorrow you might forget. And what I do is I put it in my calendar because if you want something to happen, you create a system for it. Amen? So who has a time and a place? Two-thirds of you. One-third of you, I'll see you at the altar right now. No, but for real, I want you to pray about this, all right? And then lastly, I put a ton of Bibles in the back. Mick, can you wave at him? See Mick right, right back there at the table? And then a ton of Bibles right over here. Can you wave at him? Thank you, Martin. There's a ton of Bibles. If you say, you know what? I, I have a Bible, but it's like children's edition with a bunch of pictures. Hey, I like pictures. Actually, maybe that'd be cool. But if you're like, you need a new one, there you go. If you want a study Bible, all right? 
They're $1,000. No, I'm kidding. You can have them. I've, I've bought a bunch of them and given them away. They're in the resource center. If there's one thing we can give away to church, it should be Bibles, right? So there's a ton of Bibles there, ton of Bibles there. And then up in the resource center is to the left of the kids area, all right? About every four or five months, I restock up on those good study Bibles, NIV and ESV. And so if you say, you know what, I've got the standard Bible that comes with like a salvation bag and maybe you got saved years ago or a year ago, but you need a, a good study Bible, uh, you can grab one of those totally free. They're great. They're awesome. Um, yeah, all, don't stress out over the versions. All right, get one that makes sense to you. I personally like the ESV. Uh, and then my study Bible is an NLT. All right, I just can't do KJV because I got ADD. You know, <laughs> leave that what? All right. Let's pray. I shouldn't have went there. Sorry, I made a joke at the end. Father, we love you. <laughs> we thank you.